0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Conversations with Eileen. This is episode nine. I can't believe it. The time is just absolutely flying by. We've had some phenomenal guests. We've talked about businesses in our community. We've talked about non-for-profit organizations. Um, We've talked about outstanding individuals in our community. But tonight, we're going to change it up. We're going to have a discussion on something that I think is Uh, very important and very prevalent um, as Long Islanders. So tonight we have with us Dean DeVita. Now, Dean is a friend of mine. He's also the National Conference of Firemen and Oilers President, and he's also the Vice President of Local 32BJ, and he's got a lot of really important um, information to bring to us as Long Islanders who commute, uh, to the city and Long Islanders that work on Long Island. So, without further ado, let's bring my friends on. Yeah. Hi Dean.
1: How you doing, Eileen?
0: Listen, it's always good to see your smiling face, my friends.
1: I don't believe that.
0: I wanna tell you, and I I'm wanna t- I'm tell people, some so- something about you that people don't know. He makes the best homemade pizza.
1: Well a lot of people know it. <laughs> that's my that's my true profession.
0: So I'm not giving away any spoilers. No, huh?
1: no, no, no. That's my true profession. This is like a side gig for me.
0: Can I tell the story? Uh Dean and I um very funny story. We actually lived in Bayside uh in a co-op next door to each other, and Dean would make this unbelievable, fresh tomato and garlic and basil, and every time I would walk by, I would say, you gotta tell me how to make that, you gotta tell me how to make that well, he did, and then 1999, I moved out here, had my daughter and I was in the I was in Uncle Giuseppe's Uh, it was a couple years later and who's standing in front of me? Dean DeVita he said, we followed you out here we moved to East Meadow, so so happy to have my friend back and his lovely wife, Joanne. So,
1: well, Dean. Eileen, you know, I, I do want to say something, though. Uh, yes. You, you moved out here, and, and you just didn't move out here. You you took ownership in the community. And I want to personally thank you for what you do for the, for the children uh, with your position on the school board. Uh, your, your work is thankless. People don't appreciate it, but they never appreciate someone who really puts the time and the effort in. But you know what? I, I I always hear good things about you, and uh, I, I really appreciate the work you do not only for my my family but for the whole community. And that that's why the the, the school district out here is is so good is because of the work you do and your two partners there. Uh, I we we all should really appreciate it. And, and and just another thing, like I said, you took ownership in this community. Is the work you did for the for for the veterans in their hall that uh, that 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 was not that was beautiful. Thank that you. was beautiful. That was a beautiful accomplishment you did on their behalf, and I'm really proud of you. I'm proud that it, it uh-huh. we've been friends all these years, and uh, it, 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 it's wonderful how you embrace this community. And this community should be very very are thankful that you picked this area to move in.
0: Dean, thank you so much for those kind words. Um, when you love what you do, it's not work, right?
1: That, that's true. You, you know, it's a career for you. All this is a career, it's not I work.
0: love it. I love every part of it, so thank you so much. But tonight is about you, my friends, because you and I have often had these conversations, and. Yeah. One of the first things I want to bring up is because uh, you are a, a union president and vice president of, of two very large unions, and I, I want to get your viewpoints on um, how your members have been able to navigate uh, through through COVID and now post COVID. So tell me a little bit about that.
1: Well, you know it's. It has been an incredible story, not only that of my members in our union, but 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 work is out generally. The people who work in restaurants, the people who who provide service in the hospitals, uh, what they did during this national emergency was amazing. But that's America. Americans come right to the top, just like on nine eleven. Every every uh, worker went down to the World Trade Center. It, it, this was just a different type of war. And everybody stepped up and provided service during the time that was most needed to, to our nation. Their work on the front lines should never go unnoticed. Uh, this is not only a story about COVID. Our nation was under attack by COVID. And between you know all our transportation unions, and SCIU, and we are also affiliated with 1199 with the hospital workers. Uh, we must have lost over 700, 800 people, passed away. And it's heartbreaking. So, all workers stepped up, but the union members, as always, really performed during this horrific time in our history. And it, 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 they must be applauded. And, uh, it's nice to throw rose petals at them. Uh, but, you know, sometimes in the last couple of years, I started feeling that Americans started to forget the history of what labor unions really have done for the American worker and their family. I I, I realized I was wrong. And uh, I, I'm glad that I was wrong because during COVID, we were able to prove to a lot of people and they got to witness the work all labor did to protect our, our members and their families during this crisis. Many of our members, the unions achieved life insurance increases for them. Of course. Uh, wage increases. We made sure they had the tools to work in a safe manner. And and this is something I'm really proud of being president of this union, that for the first time since 1965, they did a survey on Labor Day that 67% of Americans support unions. So that to me was a strong message from, from, from our nation. Hey, listen, unions are not perfect. But what all the unions did during the crisis, compared to what took place in non-union companies, there was no comparison. And and we made our share of mistakes because it it was something, something new to us that we never dealt with before. But the labor organizations did a really good job representing their people, but the labor organizations only were able to do a good job because their members did tremendous, yes, his star starlet work that nobody ever seen before. These members really rose up, yes,
0: yes, they did, yes, they did. Uh, you know, Dean, I will share with you, you know, that I'm a New York State licensed optician and I've been a New York State licensed optician for 30 years. Uh, we had an opportunity many years ago, over 25 years ago to unionize and we never did. And I will tell you as someone who does not have the backing of a union, I feel it. I don't have a pension. I don't have health insurance. I don't have the protection behind me. And for someone in 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 my situation where I'm a single parent, you know, it's frightening. It certainly uh, feels very secure knowing that you have representatives that are willing to fight for you. And I commend every single union member for doing their job, for standing up for what's right. Because I've said this before and I'll say it again. Unions built this country. And I thank you all your leadership
1: well it was it's not really my leadership it, it was the leadership of the folks years ago and and americans really need to uh, study history and respect history in 1980 there were you mentioned pension plans there was approximately 130,000 pension plans in this country mm-hmm. today there's only around 24,000 of them so wow. you know they've been reduced That's uh, scary. tremendously tremendously but it, it, you know for a strong union is the membership and 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 one thing we did during covid which we I say we I mean uh, my people uh, uh, my secretary treasurer robert smith and, and his gang of thieves in kentucky organized the university of kentucky during this crisis and to me that is one of the most incredible stories because those people were desperately seeking protection from a union in, in the time they needed it most. Right, right. And But again, it's not, it's not the union, it's not the logo, it's not the label, it's not the offices, it's the members. It's always about women. the members.
0: The men and the women. I like to hear about that. So let's switch topics a little bit because you and I have talked a lot about this. Transportation. So I have a very strong opinion about our environment is in crisis with regards to transportation, what initiatives can we look at? And you know that I'm an advocate for climate smart community, but in terms of infrastructure, what initiatives can we look at to lessen our footprint for the betterment of Long Island and for future generations?
1: Well, Eileen, I gotta be honest with you. This is this, this, Congestion and the environment is a major issue on Long Island, but this is a national problem. It's not only Nassau County. The entire country has to invest in infrastructure. Let's look at the Long Island Railroad. Is the Long Island Railroad perfect? No. Is my union perfect? No. But in many regions of this country, they would love to have the Long Island Railroad system. As much as people complain about it, Others would love to have it. The Long Island Railroad has many operating issues, such as weather elements. And yep. a polit- most of all, which is against it, it's been a political system that has failed to invest in the railroad for right. decades now. Decades ago, the idea of building east side access train service into grand central terminal could never be financed no one wanted to make the investment mm-hmm. this is finally being built and will be open for service in the near future but okay. the cost the cost of building this infrastructure in 1960s was a lot more reasonable than 2021 sure. so what we did was we kicked the can down the road okay And the only thing you do is when you kick the can down the road is have higher costs when you need to build something. And this project could have been done at a fraction of the cost and been up and running and helping our environment. But our politicians failed us in not making the investment. That project will have a, this project, when it's almost complete, will have a major environmental impact on getting riders off the roads. Okay. Okay. And raise the importance of the Long Island Railroad to commuters in Nassau County. Also, people don't realize this, but if you own a house in Nassau County or Suffolk County, it will also increase your real estate value. Really? When this opens. Transportation raises value on your real estate.
0: I did not know that.
1: Always has.
0: That's very interesting. So you, you also mentioned the Long Island Railroad. So I don't know if you know this, um, we have some mutual friends and then you know we, we have a separate group of friends, but, um, and also I'm an optician and I work in North Montau and I see um, Long Island Railroad employees come in. We have a significant population of Long Island Railroad employees that actually live in Nassau County. And I think that as we start to see uh, people return back to the city um, to work, a big issue, a big concern is Penn Station. It's a mess. It's outdated.
1: Well, you know, and and, and, and I'm gonna go into detail on that. because it is. You know, the old Penn Station, there was a baseball announcer for the Brooklyn Dodgers, Vince Scully, said that when you went into the old Penn Station, you felt like a king. When you went into the new one, you felt like a rat. Oh, God. And that was a perfect description of it. But, you know, I want to say this. Our union, the NCFNO, and our real labor partners have been making working to make sure the work on – on the uh, Grand Central Station project is done done by uh, the, the expertise and experience of the well-trained trained employees on the Long Island Railroad. And as to Penn Station, it, it, it goes with everything we were talking about infrastructure. Our, our roads are failing us. Our, our, our airports are failing us. Our train stations are failing us. We allowed Robert Moses to build our roads. Which I am sure he never knew how many cars would be on the roads
0: or trucks, but
1: our trucks, and that's another. <laughs> but our system is outdated, and our traffic congestion is only going to increase.
0: Right,
1: trains are the answer. We need to invest in our rail systems. Moses stopped the rail tunnel from New Jersey to Brooklyn for freight. There would have been a freight tunnel. Uh, We need to remove the trucks from the road. Yes. Uh, And and that tunnel needs to be addressed and and reviewed. And it really should. We need to start building that freight tunnel as we just built the East Side Access and start moving merchandise by freight trains. That simple Mm -hmm. idea alone would yeah. help congestion. If you go to Queens and you go to the Clearview Expressway. Oh, if, I know. And, and you see from the Thogs Neck Bridge.
0: Oh, yeah. All
1: the way to the Long Island Expressway to go east. The trucks that are going east. The the, the congestion I, I, I is incredible. And, and uh, that would make a big, big shot in the arm of reducing it. Uh, it needs to be addressed, and you know our our union again. We've taken a strong position. You know, people think a labor union only advocates for workers. No, we advocate for in the environment. We advocate for transportation because sure. it all goes together. And you know, w- w- to to bring this out further is that we've joined the U.S. High Speed Rail Coalition, which is mobilizing unions and businesses and public servants to build an American transportation system of high-speed high, high speed trains. Uh, we be, we really believe in this committee that if we build a, a high-speed rail line someplace in this country, and the time is now with all this infrastructure talk, yeah. that other parts of the country will want this. <laughs> yeah. and, and people want better transportation. They don't want to be on... They don't want to be on the infrastructure built in the 1930s. No. So we are advocating that we to, to let's build a high-speed uh, rail system here. Americans want it. That would mean contracts for hundreds of companies, union, non-union. That doesn't matter. Everybody's gonna get a piece of the pie. To compete in the 21st century, America needs a high-speed rail. Uh, In other countries, over 20 nations have high-speed rail networks. The United States has zero. We don't have a high-speed train anywhere.
0: You know, everything that you mentioned to me, and and you're much, much more well-versed on this subject than I am, I'm going to break it down to a simple quality of life that someone can actually get in their car and, and go to a destination, if they have to be in their car that day, and not be in the car for hours, and not have the exhaust pipe of, uh, you know, uh, a, 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 a big freight truck sitting in front of them. I'll tell you something else, and this is uh, maybe me as a mother speaking, I still remember that terrible accident that happened on the Long Island Expressway. Where a young girl was in a small um, coupe car, and she was behind a freight truck, and she couldn't stop fast enough, and she was killed. It's these things that just they they stay with me. They stay with me, and I think about um, it's the quality of life. It's 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 being able to to get in your car. Listen, I work in North Wantaw. I hit traffic on. Jerusalem Avenue, every day, going one way or coming home. It just would be nice that at the end of the day, on a Friday, when somebody's tired, they've worked all week, they want to get home to their family, they want to go home, maybe they want to take their wife, their husband out to dinner, spend some time with their family. We're really talking about increasing quality of life for Long Islanders.
1: Well, you know, what you're saying is so true because... It, we, we live we live next door to the greatest city in the world. And I know we used to, and me and my wife, we would go to the city all the time for dinner. I, I got to be honest, we used to go on Sundays to have uh, espresso in Little Italy at Sunday night. You could drive down there, you have your espresso, you, you, you go home. You cannot do that no more. Everything's two hours. Uh, if you want to go to the Barclays Center, it's two hours. Yankee Stadium. It's, we don't live two hours from Yankee Stadium. It's right. ridiculous. Right. And, and you know, we got to really invest in our infrastructure all over. You know, the, the airports, what they did at LaGuardia is great. But, uh, you know, there's as much congestion in the air now as on our roads. So to, to expand the uh, airports makes no sense. To expand the roads makes no sense. Right. High-speed rail makes sense. But also, people, a very important thing for Nassau County, which is one of my, is my number one biggest worry, is the Gateway Tunnel Project. Okay. And that, that needs to be financed, and that needs to be started immediately. We are 10 years behind on that. As we saw what took place, during Hurricane Sandy. And just last week, again, that crazy storm we had, we are playing with fire, not moving forward on this project, which is the Hudson River Tunnels. And if we had another storm like Sandy, we may lose these tunnels. And what a financial hardship that would be on Nassau County. Right. But a really strong possibility; those tunnels could make this nation fall into a depression.
0: That's a scary thought.
1: So we really got we we, we got to start investing in the infrastructure, and and not only transportation, but you know, uh, high end internet. The schools need them now desperately. Uh, you know, we saw it happen in COVID. Let's hope we're getting past that. And we don't deal with it again, but we need to be prepared for our our children.
0: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And you know, one of my biggest pet peeves are our roads, the condition of our roads. I can't tell you how many people reach out to me and say, my car got damaged because I hit a pothole. And you know what? We're all coming out of a financial crisis. I don't know one person that hasn't been affected uh, by the pandemic either. You know, they, they took a cut in pay or maybe, um, I mean, I was out of work, you know, for six weeks. That was scary. I didn't get paid. Uh, You know, people can't afford to have unnecessary repairs to their cars and, and, road repair is is a really big pet peeve of mine Um, and the fact that there are alternative uh options and we're not even we're not even looking at them you know you and i talked earlier this is common sense you 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 gotta have common sense with some of these things And, and i'm wondering where where's the common sense
1: well, it's the same thing. What you're saying about the roads, let's not fix the roads. Let's wait another 10 years. Let's wait 10 years, and we'll have the same situation as the east side access to Grand Central where we're paying way more than we should have, and the same situation with the tunnels from Jersey to New York right. where, where, where it's going to be a huge financial commitment. So in 10 years, we'll fix the roads then when they cost a lot more money, they do a lot more damage yeah. to people's cars, and people get hurt, and God forbid, somebody could get killed.
0: Yeah. That's, you know, that, that is my biggest fear. You know, I have two kids that are on the road, and um, I have family on the road. And this, these are just things that are avoidable. But as you said, the time to act is now. It's not in 10 years. It's not in five years. It's today. It's tomorrow get a plan together, get the experts together and let's get the job done. Because the clock is ticking and we're not helping ourselves.
1: What you said is you gotta get the experts together and concerning the roads, you gotta get the people who work on the roads and who understand the roads, not somebody who's sitting in an office someplace. Yes. The only thing they know about the roads is getting in there driving on the roads. You need to be, those are the experts, the people out there. 100%, walking.
0: because if you ask me to go out and, uh, you know, fill a pothole, I'll look at you like you got four heads. I could fix a pair of glasses, but my expertise certainly is not in roads. Um, but some other uh, topic I wanted to cover with you, which, which we had talked about a little bit earlier, was post-COVID. It seems like there's been such a shortage of supplies uh, to big businesses. Um, we know that lumber has taken a big hit. Uh, I think the big, big businesses will survive. It's the small business that I'm concerned about. They're not getting uh, the supplies that they need to keep themselves in business. And can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, you know, and this has been a a a big topic of mine in Washington. Uh, Most of my business is in Washington, and 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 I'm very fortunate to have some great rail labor partners, and we belong to this uh, group called the Transportation Trades Department, and uh, we're dealing with the Class One Freight Railroads who have adopted a number of changes in the way they operate trains. And you would say, well, what does that have to do in Nassau County or Suffolk County? Well, they they, they adopted these changes on how they're going to operate, interact with their shippers who are their customers and maintain their equipment. They call it precision schedule railroading. It's a typical hedge fund and private equity interests who took note of the railroad profitability a few years ago, and they adopted this business plan by reducing the workforce close to 25 percent this actions has allowed operating ratios to decline and their stock prices have increased
0: the railroads
1: are the railroads are always a customer service model right but today the model is that the customer serves these railroads this is the answer to your question The shippers can't get their products shipped in a timely manner across the nation. So you're talking about the small, small business person who's waiting for stock who cannot get it. It's one of the reasons. And the main reasons is because the shippers cannot get their stuff moved and they're desperate to get their stuff moved. But it's not only them. If you go into the target store, and you walk around Target, you will notice a lot of the shelves are empty. Right. And I always think, I'm like, why? how can a big store like this have empty shelves? The answer is that they, the products are not coming to the stores. So in right. their society, the small businesses and the large businesses are hurting for product.
0: And they're competing well, with each other.
1: They're competing with each other, trying to get the product. And right. I bet you the bigger guy gets it.
0: Of course.
1: But, but you know, the, the class one railroads, they believe it or not, they're refusing to ship merchandise. So the hedge funds are making incredible profits. It's incredible that these hedge funds could make profit on doing less business. They encourage to do less business. That's what they did to Toys R Us. The hedge funds took over and they ruined Toys R Us. Uh, And the citizens of Nassau County and the entire, mostly the East Coast, because everything comes from Asia, from the West Coast, across. Uh, We're really hurting over here. And it's all because of the greed of Wall Street. But this is a sad thing. When the railroads back many, many years wanted to merge, there were a lot more railroads in this country at one time. They made a promise to provide service. It's called the common carrier's obligation. Congress needs to take action and make sure the railroads stop providing service to those shippers to make sure product is available cool. to the small business people. But not only the small guys, the targets, right, uh, right, right. Uh, the supermarket, the, the lumber people, right. uh, home, even Home Depot. If you go in there, a lot of times they don't have product. And sometimes I wonder if this was a grand scheme of Amazon uh, because everybody just buys from them now. And it's terrible what's taking
0: place. There's no, right. There's no alternative. Um, You know, that's that's so interesting to me that an entity could have that much power over, as you say, a, a chain of stores like target or a walmart or a, a, a stop and shop that they could have so much entity and where's where's the watchdog who's looking out for us
1: it's supposed to be congress
0: well they're not doing their job
1: not, well, well when have they been doing their job <laughs> they've been missing in action and you know i could tell you another quick story this has nothing to do with long island but did uh, uh a a a, a Young lady works for us in our office in Kentucky, and her family opened up a wine and beer uh, shop, and uh, she can't get beer delivered. And she knows what's going on here, and she figured it out right away. They can't get beer delivered. Why? Well, because it's not profitable for the railroad to pick up the Budweiser and bring it bring it to Kentucky, and unload it. it, it, it they dict- the railroads dictating right. to the ship is when they're going to pick up, when they're going to move it right. and, and products not getting. It. What's that doing to the economy? Now here's a, a, a here's a family with a small business starting yeah. out. You open up a beer store and, and you have no beer.
0: Yeah. OK, but to that point, um, we do live on Long Island and you know that uh, North Fork, um, you know, the East End is uh, uh, not too far from us. Um, is that helping those businesses? I wonder since supply and demand is limited and you can only get what you can only get locally. I'm wondering if it's helping them.
1: No, I don't think it's helping them at all. They need supplies too. And
0: okay,
1: it can't be helping, it can't be helping nobody right now. Mostly, I think, in this part of the country. And this was this stuff was going on prior to COVID. I'm gonna be honest with you, right. Uh, because I I have been talking about the shelves and Target now for quite a few years. It just got much worse.
0: Right. Right you know,
1: now it's blatant.
0: Right. Crazy. It's crazy. Well, Dean, I, you know I can't thank you enough for coming on. Uh, I do feel that um, it it was a little bit of a change in direction of what we've been talking about, but. You know, we talk about living on Long Island. we talk talking about being Long Islanders and, and, and all the things that affect us. Um, and certainly these, these issues that we discussed tonight affect us because we live on Long Island. I mean, we, we are not easily accessible um, except through just a, a, a few uh, venues, we'll say. Um so the, I think I really thought that this was an important uh conversation to have and I know that you you're the expert in this. You've taught me a few things tonight. I hope you know some of our li- listeners have uh really had a have a better understanding of the importance of emphasis on infrastructure and but doing it the right way. Not right.
1: just not right. just
0: putting a band-aid on, you know, uh, hey Eileen, okay.
1: look what they did at the Nashville Coliseum. They did what every homeowner on Long Island does. They put siding up and they painted the place and say, "Oh, we have a new arena." Wow. And and then now they realize that 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 was still outdated, and they had to build a brand new arena. What six miles away?
0: Oh, that's a very sore subject with me. I have to tell you <laughs> because I remember when um, was it. Uh, I think his name, his name was um, Chang. When Chang wanted Wong, to- Wong. Wong, when he wanted to invest in, the, in uh, the, the Coliseum and they held a vote. And I remember the vote. It was a Monday and it was August 1st because that's my birthday. And I thought to myself, who the hell is gonna take off on a Monday to, go to vote. come out and vote? <laughs> To allow this guy who was going to take on the entire responsibility, the entire financial burden and build a, and redo a beautiful calcium, we'd still have the Islanders here.
1: But and that was also,
0: many years ago
1: how about the office space he was going to build the, the 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 the
0: Oh, I remember.
1: The, the residential space he wanted yeah. to build I, He was I that was that would have been open by now it would have been a yeah. beautiful project and yeah. something we all could be proud of instead of
0: what would have been done I mean, was that was that about I I have to think I always go by the age of my kids was that 10, 12 years ago?
1: It has to be. Yeah. Tom Swazi was still the uh the executive of National County. Oh, Council.
0: it was Ed Mangano.
1: No, he came afterwards and he uh, Mangano was against the project. Right. And uh, uh right. this is what we got, you know. Yeah. So, so we're so- gonna
0: hold the vote on a Monday
1: <laughs>
0: in the summer, and we're gonna have the the population come out and vote, and we're gonna listen to you. I Kidding me? Really? (laughs) I mean, common sense, right, Dean?
1: You know, you got to make, when you, we got to make investments, but we got to make smart investments and in a timely manner so they're economically feasible.
0: Yes. And you know what? The, I want to say the commonality that you and I both have, um, you have a beautiful daughter that you're raising on Long Island, you have a wonderful family. Uh, we're invested in Long Island. We're yes. invested in our community, and we want to see uh, we want to see better things come to our community. We want to see our community grow. We want to see our community progress. We want to see you know the newest and the best of the best come right right here to us, right here to us in Nassau County. But that's only going to happen um, with you know, people, experts like yourself that are willing to have the conversations that people have, but they have them amongst themselves. And where do you go from there? So you've given us some good information. Let's see, you know, what what comes. And we've now made people aware of um, initiatives that could possibly be coming down the pipeline to increase the quality of life Make Nassau County a little quieter, less rumbling of trucks would be nice.
1: Less fireworks too. Oh
0: well, <laughs> I can't help you with. But no I, fireworks.
1: <laughs> the, the the people out here uh, on Long Island are extremely uh, hardworking people, yeah. and, and and they deserve yeah. they deserve an easier life and uh, yeah. a better quality of life and. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter if they go to Manhattan to work or if they just going to North one to work yeah uh, it should be it should be a lot more pleasant and easier for them and you know if everybody did one percent of the work you did Eileen, this place <laughs> would be an incredible a more incredible place to live uh, uh, so we all, we all need to do more for our community like yeah. you do.
0: Well listen you know and I I, I say this often. I feel like we have a very unique community here. When a call for help goes out, we have many, many, many people answer the call. So I thank you for your kind words. Um, As far as the veterans, I could never have done that alone. I had a lot of help, and I had a lot of support. And you were a very big supporter with the first raffle. You donated um, a brand-new Carrick. I remember that. Um, so thank you very much. And, you know, we're just going to continue. We're going to continue on the path of uh, what can we do to make things better? Because people know me. My glass is always half full. And I never take no for an answer.
1: Yeah, you always tell me that. And you make me do the same thing with you. Shake me down. But, uh, you know, but the, the work you do with the veterans, you know, there's a lot of veterans out here in this area. And, 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 and that was that was a beautiful thing you did. My father was in World War II. He's oh. not around no more. So by every time I see one of these guys, I think of him. And oh. I and I'm glad you advocated for them and helped them with that situation. And I, I and yeah. I know they're very proud of that place. Oh,
0: they're my family now. Are you kidding?
1: So I have, I
0: have a I have a lot of uncles now
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: and aunts. Because they're an aunt. Aunt too.
1: Yeah, hey, there was a lot of women during the, the war effort. People okay. people don't talk about that enough.
0: Oh, I do. Yep. I do. I do. All right, my friends. Thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. And, well, I Eileen,
1: mean, thank you for everything you do. Uh, thank you for inviting us here today. We appreciate it. And my wife and daughter, thank you for everything you do for the community. So as a family... We're grateful for you and I'm lucky to have you as a friend. Can uh, I... you shake me down.
0: <laughs> you don't know what's coming yet, my friends.
1: <laughs> All right. Have a good night.
0: All right, team. Thank All you. Take right. care.
1: Good night.